0: Thank you for tuning in to the Carter Effect podcast, where we will discuss faith, family, football, and life. My name is Nathan Carter, and I have the privilege and honor to speak to you today. So please feel free to sit back and relax as we dive into today's episode. God bless. What is going on, everybody? It's been a long time, but I am back, and I'm excited to once again connect with you all during this podcast. Man, uh, these last few weeks, as anyone can imagine, have been crazy. Um, This week in particular, you know, some very amazing things happened, and then at the same time, some surprising, heartbreaking things have happened in my life, and especially At this time right now, after finishing a great spring ball um, with my team and leading up to finishing off the skewer strong with finals, plus some other things going on outside of football and school, you can only imagine how much stress and mental toll that could have on someone. And not only for me, but for any other student or student athlete out there who may be going through the same thing, it can be a lot. And in the most recent weeks, I've unfortunately opened up Instagram, and I've seen many posts about many athletes across the country who have recently committed suicide. These are athletes who walk around us every single day, and I bet that their friends and family had no idea that they were thinking about taking their own life. These are athletes who probably went to practice and put a smile on their face and they were performing and they were laughing with their teammates and their coaches and the next day they were gone. These are athletes with families and hometown friends who were probably excited and expecting to see their loved one come home for the break and they were probably planning an amazing summer with them but now they have to plan and attend a funeral. I've seen this too many times, not only with athletes, but with people across the nation battling with this issue that haunts even the most of you right now who are listening. This issue of mental health. Now, I'm not a doctor, and I have no degree in a subject like this, and I probably can't even imagine what some of you may be going through at this moment. But I want to share some of my thoughts on this issue with those who are willing to listen, maybe to those who are looking for a way out or for someone to talk to, or even to those who want to help but don't know how. I want to encourage you to stay and listen up to the end of this episode because I truly believe that what I am going to say can help some of you, and I believe that it will be beneficial. Anxiety, depression, Suicidal thoughts, fear, panic attacks, loneliness, the list goes on and on and on. Because of the broken, fallen, sinful world that we live in due to the disobedience of Adam and Eve, some of us have suffered and are currently experiencing these things, these emotions. I believe it's important to understand that mental health is linked to the health of the body and the spirit. It's not just one thing or another when talking about mental health. We have to find a middle ground to it, and we can't subject it into just one simple thing. See, sometimes people experience trauma that they didn't choose. They were simply a victim of it. And because of the trauma that they've gone through, they find themselves in mental health struggles. While it's hard to deal with mental health, and it's hard to not feel the emotions you are feeling, I want to encourage you that mental health struggles, while they are difficult, they are not pointless. That, yes, this is what you are going through right now, and there may be a reason for which we will get into later. And you may or may not know the reason, but see, God can use your struggles, and he does use it for his glory. That what God can do is something that no other man can do. He can turn your pain into your testimony. He can turn your hurt into your beauty. He can turn that trauma into your triumph. And he can make you so much stronger in the future than what you're feeling now. See, what we have to understand about the battle for mental health is that it's not a physical battle but it is a spiritual battle in ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 it says for our struggle is not against flesh and blood but against the rulers and the authorities against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm we are spiritual beings living in an earthly body having a human experience human beings have a spirit And what Satan tries to do is to use this world in which he is the God of and separate us from our creator in any way that he possibly can. See, we are all created in God's image and created to be in God's image means that it is unlike the life of animals or plants. That our lives are directly connected to God's life. In Acts chapter 17, verse 20, it says, in him, we live and move and have our being, which means that when we are disconnected from God, we cannot live as whole beings. We sense the void from being disconnected and we try to fill it with other things from the world. But those things ultimately fail us and that can contribute to mental illness. Spiritual sickness is often a big part of mental illness. When our spirits are healed and whole, our minds can think clearly. But bitterness, fear, anxiety, low self-worth, all these things can cripple our souls. When our souls are wounded, we cannot think clearly. Therefore, we are often led by our emotions, and that's never good. See, many people in this world will tell you to follow your heart. And any circumstance, what they're really saying is to follow your feelings, to follow your emotions. And that is a lie. It is wrong. And it's wrong because see in Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9, it says the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? We have to be careful. When we choose to trust our feelings. Our feelings are real but not always reliable. You have to ask yourself, are your feelings pushing you towards the right behavior or the wrong behavior? And you have to watch the thoughts that come into your mind because they cannot be trusted. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, it says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. While some mental health issues are things that are out of our control, sometimes our choices can lead us into a place of mental illness. When we give in to the world, social media, or our emotions and feelings, we are controlling the power That is causing our heart, mind and spirit to go into that depressed or anxious state When we continually give in to those wrong thoughts and flood our minds with these wrong things We perpetrate our own struggles In Philippians chapter 4 verse 8 through 9 it says And now dear brothers and sisters one final thing Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me everything you heard from me and saw me doing then the god of peace will be with you i was listening to a sermon recently and i heard this very powerful message that i want to share with you all in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25, it says, anxiety in the heart of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. Anxiety and depression work hand in hand. They can often work together. Solomon, who was a man that wrote the Proverbs 3,000 years ago, knew this. and He wrote this, and we're just figuring, figuring this out. See, anxiety often comes in the form of asking one specific question What if? What if I don't get that scholarship? What if I don't get that promotion? What if I don't ever get married? What if I don't know what to do next? What if? And most of the time, if not all the time, we don't have an answer to that question. We allow that question to continue to fester and develop into our minds. And we become so intoxicated on it because we can't figure out the answer. And then after all of that, we become depressed because prolonged anxiety can cause depression. But to combat this, I encourage you to answer the question. It may not make it go away, but you have to track down the anxiety. See, anxiety feeds off of ignorance and not being willing to face those fears and look them in the eye and see them for what they are. The first step in order to change it is to face it. Life is so much more than the power of our worries. Take a look at what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verses 26 to 32. It reads Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour? Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. What I'm trying to picture is that after you find the what if question, and then you answer it with, then I would, but God will. What if that girlfriend or boyfriend that you were once dating and planning on marrying breaks up with you? Well, then you would be heartbroken and sad and probably questioning why this all happened. You may even feel lonely at some times. But see, God has promised that in the midst of your sorrow, in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your heartbreak, in the midst of your confusion, that He will never leave you or forsake you, and that He will get you through it, and that He is near to the brokenhearted. And that you're never alone. But wait, but wait, but wait. But what if they go on and and date and marry someone else? God said that he he will sustain you. And despite what happens with them in the future. God is writing another story for you. Which is glorious and amazing. And God has promised that he works all things together. For your good but but what if my loved one tragically pass passes away well then you would be tremendously heartbroken and it may be the most hardest painful season you'll ever have to walk through then you will probably have to figure out how you could possibly live a life without them in it But God has promised that he is your rock and your redeemer and that he loves you and that he cares for you and that he is going to get you through this and you can trust in him no matter what the circumstance may be. I want to remind you all that you have a heavenly father. A heavenly father who provides for the birds and the lilies and animals of all sorts. He provides for all these things. Do you think that he won't provide for you? Always remember what God has promised. I'm not saying that you're still not going to be heartbroken or sad or confused or going through any some sort of feelings. But what I am saying is that if we put this into practice. And then we remind ourselves every day of the goodness of God and his promises. Then we will experience peace. See we have power in what we do. We have the power to get out of the emotional state that we are in, to alleviate it, and to make different choices. Your actions after your emotions is how you're going to honor God. See, I love looking at the life of Jesus when it comes to the subject of mental illness and asking myself the question, how did Jesus respond to his own emotions? When he felt grief after his friend Lazarus died, what did he do? He turned and talked to his father in heaven and thanked him for listening to his cry and for responding. In John chapter 11, verses 41 through 42, it says, So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to the heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they would believe you sent me. There was a point in Jesus' life that he was so stressed. He was so distressed. He was going through so much agony that he sweated blood. And Luke chapter 22 verse 44 it says he prayed more fervently. And he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. But what did Jesus do after that? After Jesus knew what was going to happen to him, he knew what his fate was. He knew the pain and the torment that he was going to go through the grueling punishment of sins that he was going to take for all of us what did he do he chose to trust god and he chose to stay after he knew what he was going to go through for me and you you can see that while yes jesus was very human and he also went through a whirlwind of emotions. During his lifetime here on earth, Jesus was not bound to his emotions. He wasn't led by his emotions. Despite what his emotions were, he knew the truth. And that truth is what caused him to act the way that he did. His actions are how he showed obedience to God. The truth that we must realize when dealing with mental health issues is that our God is much greater than our emotions and feelings. See, the enemy wants you to believe that you have to deal with this forever. He wants you to believe that you cannot be healed and set free from mental illness. He wants you to believe that our God cannot rescue you from this. And it's all a lie. See, misperceptions about who God really is can negative negatively affect our view of ourselves, others, and the world, and it can contribute to mental illness. Sin can also get in the way of our fellowship with God and negatively affect our mental health. We are better equipped to handle mental illness when we are steeped in God's truth and when we are in an active relationship with Him. You don't have to live with the struggle of mental illness. You don't. Yes, it takes work. And yes, you're going to have to work, but in the end there are going to be great results. When we are going through pain and struggle, we shouldn't run from it. It says in James chapter one, verses two through three, dear brothers and sisters, when trials and tribulations come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy for you know that when your faith is tested your endurance has a chance to grow we should learn from our pain before we leave it because pain is one of the greatest teachers under the Sun and God wants to teach us something in our pain some of you may need to actually practice taking time away from some things to get you back in the place of peace some of you who are dealing with mental illness may need to take a step away from social media from toxic friends from toxic family members and focus on finding yourself through God in Psalms chapter 23 verse 2 it says that he lies us beside still waters Other translations in the Bible may say that he lies beside quiet waters or peaceful streams. You find quietness, peace, and stillness when you are alone with God, focusing on God and focusing on finding yourself through God, through who God says you are. The greatest lie that the enemy will try to tell you when you're battling with any mental health issues or just any issues in general, is that you're fighting this battle alone and that you shouldn't tell anybody. See, isolation is never the answer when you're going through something. I encourage anyone out there, if you're going through something, please, please, please tell someone. Always reach out for help. Go to a trusted friend a trusted family member, a pastor, a therapist, or a coach. God put these people in these places for a reason. Please use them to your advantage. See, God loves community. He created us in a way that we can't function correctly without community. We weren't meant to live this life alone, isolated by ourselves. In Galatians chapter 6 verses 2 it says share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. There are three types of burdens. Our own burdens. Burdens that we need to share. And other burdens that we have to help carry. See isolation fuels mental illness. Community is a way to fight against mental illness when you do reach out to someone it's also important to confess to them everything that is going on why because confession is necessary for healing it means to tell and to talk about the truth even when you don't want to say something say it and for those who have gone to people I want to say that I'm sorry when you've reached out to someone and you returned away and you received nothing in return. I'm sorry for those who are Christian when you, re- when you reached out to someone who was trusted or who you thought was trusted. And they lectured you about the false demonic prosperity gospel saying that you are dealing with mental illness because you don't have enough faith or because you're dealing with mental illness because you're just simply not a good Christian. Instead of these people coming to you with compassion, love, gentleness, and grace like the Lord calls us to, they cheat you just like Job's friends treated him when he was suffering with condemnation, shame, and accusations. And for those people who are maybe talking to out, talking to out there, I want to encourage you to continue to look for that person or that group of people that will listen to your pain. Don't allow one bad experience to be the end all be all. And never forget that your Father in Heaven is always there, and that He is always wanting to speak with you, and to listen to you. It says in 1 Peter 5, verse 7, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. And for those who are and will be preached by some who are struggling with mental illness or anything related to that, it's not your job to try and fix it, and you can't fix it. But it's your job to be there as a help, a support a guide for their ongoing journey to healing. It's your job to be compassionate, gentle, loving, and available. In Galatians chapter 6 verses 3, it says, If you think that you are too important to help someone, you are only fooling yourself. You are not that important. As harsh as that may sound to some of you, it's true. Some of you may need to look in the mirror and ask yourself the question, do I think I'm too important or even too busy to help people in need? See, the way we show our love for God is by loving others. And you're not too important. And if you think that you're too busy, then I get it. But you're always going to be too busy. Just be busy by doing the right things. Get back to them, reach out to them at a later time, but never brush them off. We have to change our attitude about these things because the one time you choose to turn your cheek from someone who is asking for help may very well be that person's last straw for asking someone for help. Mental health is serious, it's hard, and there's no fast fix. It requires discipline, consistency, and we can't fight this battle alone. But together and through Christ, we can. In Philippians chapter 4 verse 13, a very familiar scripture that you all may know says, "I can do all things through him who gives me strength." Who's him? It's Jesus. Now, This does not mean that you can do everything like most people believe. And this does not mean that you can do whatever you want through Jesus. See, Paul is writing this letter to the Philippians while he is in jail. And what Paul has learned and what he is saying is that he can endure and get through any circumstance that life throws at him through Jesus who gives him strength. Jesus, who is a source of all power he's genius jesus is not some genie he's not some drug or some quick fix and social media and pleasure can't do what jesus can do but jesus the one who holds all power in his hand jesus who is always for us and never against us jesus 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 is the answer I want to tell you a story about a time when I was a little kid. I was with my family and a few other people. I was real little. I was about five, six years old. And we were at this function in this house. And, you know, the adults were downstairs and the kids were playing somewhere else. And I decided I wanted to be an adult, you know. And I went downstairs at the time. And at that time, they just had turned on a movie. And now the adults told me to go back upstairs because the movie that they were watching was pretty scary for my age. And they didn't want me to see it. Now, I, of course, didn't listen, you know, being the little rascal that I was. And I decided to stay and to watch the movie. And I can remember going home that evening when it got close to bedtime. I was in my room and it was dark and it was hard for me to sleep. I kept thinking about how dark it was. And about the monsters that I saw in that movie. And I thought that they were going to come out and eat me in the midst of the darkness. And I became anxious. I was scared. I was going through all types of the emo- all types of emotions. And at that time, it was really late. And I knew everyone else was asleep. But I chose to go upstairs anyway. And I was surprised to see that my father was up. It seemed like my father already knew what was happening, and he stayed up and waited for me to come to him and to explain to him my distress. So I did, and I went to my father, and I was crying. I told him, Dad, I can't go to sleep. I'm scared of the dark. The monsters are going to get me. And he told me very gently, Son, come here. So I went to him, and he grabbed me, and he hugged me, and he prayed for me, and I don't remember all that he said when he was done, but what I do remember is that he looked at me, and he gave me a kiss on my forehead, and he said, son, I love you, and everything's going to be all right. He took me back to my room and tucked me in the bed, he closed the door and left, and after that, I got ready to go to sleep again. But see, it was still dark, like it was when I left it. And the thoughts of the monster still came in my mind. But this time, I had peace. Why? I had peace because my father told me that he loved me. And that he promised me that everything was going to be alright. And I went to sleep peacefully that night. I want to encourage whoever is listening to this right now that your heavenly father is always listening and he is always up he knows what you're going through better than anyone else he's felt your pain he's felt your anguish he's felt your depression he's felt your fear he's felt your anxiety he's felt it all and not only has he felt it all but he also sacrificed his life so that you don't have to feel it anymore And he wants you to know that he loves you and that he promises that everything is going to be all right. Some of you listening need to rise up and go to your heavenly father. In the midst of your stress, anxiety, depression, and suicidal thoughts, your father wants to hear from you. And he wants to have a relationship with you. He's not mad at you or ashamed of you. He doesn't think you're a bad person. He thinks you're his most prized possession out of all of his creation. He thinks that you are his masterpiece. As a matter of fact, he doesn't even think these things. He knows these things because he made you. He crafted you and formed you from the side of your mother's womb. He knows every single piece of hair on your head. He keeps track of all your sorrows and collects all your tears in a bottle and saves them. Why? Because he loves you and cares about you that much. Going back to the story I shared, I didn't just have peace because my dad told me that everything was going to be all right, but I had peace because I knew time and time again when I listened to the encouraging words of my father, they were always true. That when my father told me that he would take care of it, he did. When he told me that he loved me, he did. When he said everything was going to be all right, it was. My father proved it time and time again, and that's why I believed his words. Your heavenly father speaks to you in his word, which is the Bible. See, Jesus tells us in his word that he loves us and that he's with us and that he's going to take care of us. And not only does he tell us this, but time and time again, he has proved it not only to us, but to those who have lived before us, so we can trust and find peace in his word. For those who don't know Jesus as your heavenly father, you may be listening to this and may not know where to turn. You may be wanting a relationship with him, but don't know how to get started. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 verses 9 that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If you are open and willing to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can do that today. Right now, where you are, in your dorm In your car, in the library, literally wherever you are right now. And if you're willing, wherever you are, whoever you are, repeat this prayer with me. Jesus, you have promised that if I believe in you, everything I've ever done wrong will be forgiven. I will learn the purpose of my life. And you will accept me into your eternal home in heaven one day. I confess my sin. And I believe that you are my Savior. You have promised that if I confess my sin. And trust you. I will be saved. I trust you when you say that salvation comes by grace through faith and not by anything I do. I receive you into my life as my Lord. Today, I'm turning over every part of my life to your management. You have the right to call the shots in my life. Jesus, I want to use the rest of my life to serve you instead of serving myself. I commit my life to you and ask you to save me and accept me into your family. In your name, I pray. Amen. If you have just said this prayer for the first time, congratulations, and let me be the first one to welcome you into the family of God. Please contact me on my Instagram at underscore Nathan Carter 5, and let me know about your amazing step to Christ. I'd love to know. I appreciate y'all's patience with me. Thank you for tuning in and for listening to this message. I hope that it has truly blessed some of you today. Have an amazing, blessed day. God bless. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend, family member, or anybody that you think would benefit from listening to this. If you feel led to support this podcast in any way, please feel free to do so. Let me know what you guys want to hear or any subject that you guys want me to talk about in my next episode. Always remember to keep God first. And I encourage you today to stay hungry and stay humble. See you next time on the Carter Effect Podcast.